Hi, everybody. Welcome to the JDO Show. Today on the show, I have Sean Kilpatrick. Sean, how are you today? Very good, sir. Good, excellent. This is your second time on the show. I think the last time you were on was three years ago? Yes, sir. Three years now. Three years. That's that's a lifetime in, in this world. bitter, more bitter, and angrier, <laughs> and meaner. <laughs> that's why I like you. Into the right much further. The woke have driven me into yep. some Nazi roots. And I emerge now. I know mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> right there, you go. All right, cool. So, um, you're the you're the person who I call. Uh, uh, yeah, whenever something is sort of bugging me. Sorry about that, by the way. That's but good. <laughs> yeah, that tends to be sort of what we talk about. And so, I figured on this podcast. This podcast went through several different iterations and at the beginning of it I was inviting on people who were my friends who I liked whose work I was interested in and then the podcast went through this dark night of the soul where I was getting um, contacted by agents and you know hit up by people to sort of like have their like books featured on the podcast and I thought to myself oh this is a great way to branch out you know and make the show better but I was I was way wrong um because not yeah. a lot of people listen to that because I think you could just kind of tell that I be, I stopped being me and started being somebody who interviews authors. Uh, and there's Brad already Lee. people who do that. Yeah, there's Brad Listy. You don't want to become a company man. Yeah. Right, right. So <laughs> I've decided that the podcast, you know, we started doing interviews again. I had, you know, Kelby Losack and Max Booth on and those are just my pals. So I think I'm going to keep it like this. I mean, I might even... It's one of those things where it's kind of a Rogan thing where, you know, I might even just like have you back next month, you know, or something like that. Just, just not really just whoever I feel like talking to at that moment, that is who I will request to be on the pod. So anyway, thank you for coming on. Sorry. I had to get that little spiel out of the way, but, um, three years is quite some time. I probably, when we were talking the last time you were on Donald Trump had just been elected and now it's three years later. So what's been, what's been going on with you? I've been uh, dizzy for one year, physically dizzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, doctors, again, uh, shrugging. Uh, and I'm very angry. Uh, and I'm also a scholar on uh, the Turner Diaries, my, my new Bible, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard of now, that one. Now that it has come true. Right, right, <laughs> right. No, no, yeah. No, I was studying uh, McVeigh, and I, I was going to write a uh, a TV show with the great uh, the 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 woman who wrote the the great book on McVeigh, uh, Wendy S. Painting. We were going to do a, a a TV show. It's 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 in. We're working on it still, but it it's very uh, difficult as. Uh, what I handed in from her great book was very much like um, Deadwood meets um, I don't know Satan and Dadaism. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it was it wasn't practical to shoot per se. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so. interesting. But that's really interesting. Um, I was wondering when people were going to tackle McVeigh because they came out with that Waco TV show that I did not watch. McVeigh has yeah, always interested me um, as an Oklahoma dude. It, I live. It wasn't, go ahead. It w- wasn't as bad as. Yeah, me, me and her and I discussed uh, her worries about how they would fuck that up. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not as bad as one would think. It doesn't glorify the FBI as much as it seems. And portions of it are brilliant, I think. Um, 
there's some, you know, there's a little, there's no FBI, Shannon, the Michael Shannon playing an FBI guy who is, has a heart of gold. I don't know if that's a thing, but, um, uh, otherwise it's pretty dark and there's great stretches of the show that are perfect and na nail the, uh, see, I've read up, I, I did a play on all this stuff on this Waco and all these nineties, uh, uh, militia, uh, militia stuff, you know, so I got some working knowledge of it. I'm not an expert, though. I'm just... What uh, is it about that kind of thing that interests you? Well, in this, uh, you know, when someone slights me, I become an expert in the opposition. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, I've been slighted by uh, woke types. And so... Whereas I don't care about politics or the agendas that are prevalent uh, and literature, which is the far left, who are the censors now, as we've discussed, the Correct. dissident rights became interesting to me. And they are also not into literature, you know, not literature friendly, but they're open about what they are. That's the only difference, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I appreciate it and, and I'm amused by them and uh, and uh, appreciate them now that they're the cultural underdogs per se, you know, as far as uh, the uh, <laughs> as far as how the, you know, the artist is always buddies with the cultural underdog to some extent, loosely anyway. Should be at least. That's how it should work out. I also share that fascination Right now, it does seem that there is a kind of a certain way of thinking that's okay if you want to do books. And what is difficult for me to get across to, to people is that I'm not necessarily one side or the other. If you were to ask me what I actually believe about different things, I would probably fall on all sorts of sides of the spectrum uh, depending on the issue. Right? I, I think that the only way to be a real thinking person is to kind of be like that and not just have a one-size-fits-all plan for every single scenario that comes down the pipe. So it's not even like a matter of that, but it is a matter of, of the sort of crass generalizations uh, whenever anybody sort of mildly disagrees. I mean, just to use an example, I tweeted the other day that I thought that the debate was entertaining, because I did. Uh, and you know, as somebody who's like not really taking it seriously for various reasons, yeah. but that even that wasn't okay to say. The only thing that was okay to say was how horrible Trump was. And if you right. said anything other than that, well, people people did not care for it. You know, <laughs> so right. I don't know. It gets very tiresome. The uh, the Trump obsession uh, continues. Uh, I believe there's some sort of uh, <clears throat> maybe in the '80s. Uh, maybe there was a lot of diddling of, of kids or something weird was going on. I know the satanic panic was a fake thing, but uh, apparently it was quite the epidemic or something. But I believe this is some sort of mass psychosis reaction to uh, mass diddlings from the from the millennial. The shittiest generation, you know, ever born, the mm -hmm. millennial generation. Uh, this is our uh, schizophrenic break hmm. now. Uh, Interesting. You think that <laughs> you think that comes from molesting kids being molested? Well, 
I think he's the daddy, right? Trump. Oh, this okay. is the obsession, and it's usually very pretty girls who are obsessed with telling me online about why Trump is bad. This actor hired to uh, pretend he's the government, you know, <laughs> and and yeah. so uh, as if uh, this matters to anything, uh, and besides giving me cancer when I hear it nonstop from writers. You know, mm. mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. It used to be a time when you could. Uh, used to be a time when this political, uh, you know, it wasn't like this. That's why I wrote that play. You know, it's because um, I'm making fun of the agenda everybody has now. <clears throat> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and it doesn't escape. You know, just to address that, you are foisted on onto an agenda yourself, and then it's it's meta. It's very 90s friendly and it's meta irony horror show mm-hmm. it happened so fast didn't it I seem to remember even 6, 7 maybe 8 years ago certainly 10 years ago we were part of the bizarro scene you had several books come out on lazy fascist which was a great press whose name I'm not sure could exist right now but we didn't yeah. really think about it at the time. And the guy who runs Lazy Fascist is one of the kindest people you will ever meet. He just kind of thought that he was, you know, being funny. And it was. It was fun. And, you know, so we were all part of this group that sort of celebrated difference and perversity and, you know, being autistic weirdos. And it was beautiful, man. And about four, three, four years ago, everything changed so fucking quick it was like it gave me whiplash almost how fast everything changed and i thought this is not what we were about like we didn't care about politics when obama was president nobody cared and yeah go ahead well i mean a lot of it just there's so many it started happening in 2013 in a big way we could trace it before that as well but um it was growing it was still a the PC stuff I mean was still a uh, it was always there from the 90s and 80s but it it was a joke for quite a while especially in the 90s when it got crushed by the great you know comedians and stuff and then um, you know in uh, 2013 it uh, declared itself slowly and 2014 I would consider is when it began Mm. Uh, Mm. is there a particular moment that you remember from 2014 I remember in 2000, gaslighting had already been a term in 2013, and it was setting the millennial jujitsu of uh, the idea of privilege and all this. It had always existed. Um, I forget the uh, the names of the uh, the knapsack of privilege. McKin, no, no, I forget their names. One of them's Australian f- feminist writers. And so the, it began with this millennial jiu-jitsu. Then I recall uh, Gone Girl came out, which is a fun movie <laughs> mm-hmm. in the book. You know, And that weekend, almost as a PR stunt, there were several uh, big accusations against writers who uh, you know, f- like had too rough of sex and flirted with girls. Oh, know. I remember this. Yeah, I remember this. I know some so, of those people. I know some of the 
No, uh, you know, I don't want to discount every girl's, you know, okay, I'm sorry, you know. Right. Obviously, there's some bad people. Okay, okay. But um, what I'm saying is, uh, I know some of it's, and I know some of it is designed. Well, yeah, and the issue that I always had with that, I don't think that I would necessarily be on the side of, uh, oh, you know, they're all lying sluts or anything like that. I don't think you are either. But, um, well, but yeah. no, no. <laughs> but, um, but basically, the position that I always took with the kind of online Facebook dramas, you know, being very careful not to name names, but there are three really prominent ones that I can think of. When that kind of thing happens, my my thought process was always, you know, not that I disbelieve women, it's that I disbelieve people. I just don't trust people as far as I could throw them. So, you know, when you're seeing somebody on a website like Facebook kind of tell their story, you know, you're getting maybe 2,000 words and they're trying to encapsulate a very complex um you know, sometimes multi-year relationship with another person. And they're trying to, to do that in between like two, some of them are pretty long. So maybe like two and 6,000 words. And it's just really hard to do. So I have that, that element. Um, there are things that are definitely beyond the pale for me, but I also come from a culture of people who uh, grew up in a small town and didn't have a lot in the way of extra friends. So we sort of got really good at forgiving our friends for doing all manner of shit. There was one time we were at a party and this guy stole one of my buddy's girlfriend's laptops, right? And that guy was at the next party the next weekend. It was, and I'm not even sure that she ever got her laptop back. So some people might listen to that and think, oh, well you had scumbag friends. Touche, fair enough. But what it also sort of taught me was that people are, I don't know, wildly complex and I'm just not really willing to hop on these trains with people. That's the meta problem, isn't it? It's just that, you know, I think guys like us are just very reticent not to really cast blame or, or, or determine who's lying, quote unquote, one way or the other. But we get real skittish when there's a, when there's a cancel train coming. Yeah, well, it can run me over all day. I like the, I like the track marks on, <laughs> on my person. But just to I, feel, I, I, I have nothing to lose. But, but the, mm-hmm. <clears throat> when I was, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, yeah, well, you know, it used to be a thing called street justice about if someone's really, you know, being really, uh, well, anyway, when I was twenty, um, I was in love with this girl. Uh, this cute little diabetic girl, you know, beautiful, beautiful little thing, amazing girl. I mean, that's, really smart. That is, know. I'm sorry, that's one of the most hilarious ways I've heard somebody describe someone they were in love with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, yeah. She, she, uh, she probably had a name or something, but I don't. You know, that's mm-hmm. fine. But mm-hmm. what I'm saying, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying, no. But what I'm saying is, this. <laughs> Amazing girl, you know, and I, I, what I'm saying is I'm trying to show the mania of being in love when you're 20 years old, especially if it's not returned <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. the obsession of it. And then what I'm saying is she had been molested by an uncle, classic story, right? Diddled by an uncle. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. her. That's what made her such a, a fucked up and unique 
you know, dark, dark minded, uh, my type. Right. And, <clears throat> uh, you know, so anyway, this was 2003. So this is what I miss is what I'm saying. And it doesn't exist anymore. What I'm saying is your uncle, okay, we're, we're close. You, you know, I have, I want to like be with you and marry you and shit. <laughs> okay. So your uncle, um, did that to you. Is he still alive? Where does mm -hmm. he live? Would you like him to die? Mm -hmm. These were the questions. Yes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this is, um, and she chose not, <laughs> chose not, probably wasn't helpful for her mentally. I don't know, but she was a dark minded lady. So mm -hmm. what I'm saying is, um, this, this sort of personal street justice type of shit, it, it's personal. It's not Jerry Springer clickbait journalism, which is part of the problem here is journalism has become, it, it was never, it was always, um, mudslinging, uh, crap. But what I'm saying is mo now more than ever, it's become for corporate reasons about selling your clout as a victim slash outer of someone who's not woke versus, mm -hmm. and, and so they don't have to pay you as much or, or something like that. So they can pay you with the clout of your followers when you out people for these silly, false, often false accusations, you know. Hmm. Hmm. Whereas how hmm. things like this for real, when they're real, like a, an uncle in the 80s or, you know, who did real shit. And you could tell it was, she wasn't, you know, you could tell she wasn't um, fucking around when she talked. Yeah, I don't think people about lie about that kind of thing. Yeah, you could just tell. And and what I'm saying is, because she wasn't on the in, in, talking to the news about <laughs> and it wasn't someone famous she was trying to have weird reasons to bring down. So what I'm saying is, it was a personal street thing. And my offer was serious. Uh, because I I'm, believe you. you know. <laughs> There's not very many people who I would say that I would believe that. <laughs> but I believe you. Yeah, I'm not talking, you know, I'm not saying I was going to go wrestle him. I was going to do dark like I was gonna sneak in and like do scary shit like you know, you know and right it's not tough per se it's just mean mean spirited nasty dark stuff that I gratefully she didn't take me up on that and also she wasn't interested in me ultimately right right but it took a while to you know but and and so um double good I didn't do it because she wasn't fucking interested <laughs> mm -hmm, and I, yeah. but when you're 20 I mean when you're 20 you know it's just now I wouldn't do anything for a woman but when you're twenty, <laughs> when you're twenty, you know, when you're twenty, you know, <coughs> she was falling off a cliff. I wouldn't, you know, I'd say, look, look, it's kind of far. She might sue me if I grab her and save her. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But, but um, when you're twenty, you have that kind of energy, even though mm -hmm. it sounds pious. It was more of a street. That's what I mean by the street. It's not a pie. I wasn't like I'm your knight in shining armor. I was like, if you require dark shit. You know, from for this dark shit that was done to you, I'm willing to go there unflinchingly, immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, and it's also it's basic. I'm sorry to interrupt, but what's interesting about that to me is that that represents um, basically like we have this. The state has a monopoly on violence, and people essentially go to the state whenever they have a problem and they want it to be litigated in a court so that the state can mete out its you know version of justice. And I understand why we have all that. I get that. Society could go down dark paths if we didn't have that. But the problem with it is that it ignores this other avenue of, you know, fixing problems, which is handling them in community. So 
I might take it a step back from the darkness for a second and just say, you know, if somebody has a dispute over someone who stole their lawnmower, you know, that that kind of thing could be handled within a community where people get together and both stories are heard and people sort of know that, you know, Jimbo's the kind of guy who does steal lawnmowers. He's known for doing it. And, you know, Alex, on the other hand, is a relatively stand-up guy. You know him. You've hung out with him. Alex isn't making shit up. So then we go to Jimbo and we say, bro, give back the lawnmower or give him the money for the lawnmower or we'll fuck you up. And that's a good way to sort of fix those problems without having this whole idea of an impartial court where we just look at the evidence is so faulty because you have to know the people, right? I mean, you have to. You, ha- you have to know the character of the people involved first. Yeah, there's too many people. That's the problem. That's not to sound like a globalist or something, but there's t- just too many people. Um, you know, I'm not saying that for environmental reasons. I'm saying that for personal feeling. My personal feeling is that there's way too many people. There's no way to f- stop that. Um, it, there are, you know, but what I'm saying is... Uh, that's why the police are police for profit. That's why, you know, when you go to the doctor, um, unless it's something very obvious, you're fucked. And mm-hmm. that's why when you get a degree, it's useless. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. there's 10 million people. The the, um, the merit and quality or whatever, you know, okay, merit isn't acceptable. What I'm saying is quality over, you know, qu- quality, quantity, and quantity is one, you know? Something you said there stood out to me, which is that police are for profit. And I think that people who are listening should note that if anyone ever accuses, you know, Sean or God forbid me of being like alt-right or right, we are neither of us fans of the police. You've got some police stories. Oh, they'll accuse us either way <laughs> uh-huh. of any any number of things. Oh, I don't really care. But tell, tell the police I- stories. Well, I've been arrested. You know, I was, was the, to follow along with um, what we're saying about how uh, in-house street justice stuff is no longer really viable. And I found this out the hard way is because I used to arm myself ready to be jumped. And I still am ready to be jumped when I go outside. I just... Um, because wh- where did you grow up? Uh, Detroit inside the city by seven miles. Crashed area. Yeah. You know, it, so, it, it, so, so, some rough RoboCop shit. It was okay when I was very young, and then it became uh, the height of late '80s cracked out stuff uh, when I was uh, about seven. And then, mm-hmm. you know, by the time I was hitting twelve, I was getting, you know, I had my, you know, I was, I was a weird kid. You know, I, I wanted to fuck when I was six, and I was uh, mm-hmm. had the shit kicked out of me. But what, you know, eight, nine, ten, you know. And so, I uh, I knew what I was, what I what I liked, and what I didn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, the uh, what I'm saying is, uh, you know, the what I found out is the hard way is that the police don't want you to take care of yourself. So when I go out now, <clears throat> I'm an old man too, so it doesn't matter. But as we found out with Rick Moranis, it doesn't. <laughs> is, is, oh uh, yeah, he, they, like <laughs> Rick Moranis got fucked up for no reason. Yeah, no reason, and that, that's what I mean. I'm ready for that every time I go outside. That's because because how I grew up. It's been a long time since someone's fucked with me. Uh, I mean, well, no, I've been fucked with in small ways, but 
I was charged a few months ago. Uh, I mean, physically ran toward by a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took my little knife out that I happened to not be overly paranoid about carrying, although I've since gotten rid of it. But what I'm saying is le- legal size knife, but also they'll arrest you for that. It doesn't matter if it's legal or not. But what I'm saying is I was charged randomly. He apparently was just joking. <laughs> he stopped. Mm-hmm. He didn't follow through with the tackle. Uh, it got pretty close, and I was going to start shanking as fast as possible because right. I'm not in a physical condition to fight someone off. Uh, I'm in, having physical problems. And um, <laughs> for, yeah, anyway, physical problems. And so uh, I'm slowly coming out of it. But what I'm saying is... Um, I've gotten fat too again, which is infuriating. What I'm saying is, yeah, it's really annoying. Uh, You know, I'm not as bad as I once was, but I'm a little dumpy now. And because uh, I have to, anyway, it's just hard to move around. And so what I'm saying is um, I was charged and I was ready to just lock on and shank. And uh, he uh, apparently was just, you know, remember, you you know, when you see like a dog and you play like you're running towards it just to fuck with it or something, Mm -hmm. it's barking at you or, I wasn't mm-hmm. doing it. I was minding my own business, by the way, but of course, as I do. But uh, <laughs> no. apparently I needed to be charged like a dog mm-hmm. to for a kick or something, something like that. Anyway, what I'm saying is uh, for the police, you're not allowed to defend yourself uh, unless maybe you own a store, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, or if they're in your house uh, and you own the house on paper. Uh, which I, I do none. I have none of that, and I have nothing. So, <laughs> what I'm saying is, uh, I'll just accept death if I get jumped. But the I've given up on self-defense for a while. I, I would like to get you know recover and get buffed. But what I'm saying is, um, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying is, um, you're not allowed to self-defense or street justice. None of that. Shit. That's young people ideas. It, it doesn't exist now. We're in the uh, this. This, there's too many people, you know, there's no way to do it to make sure it's the right people getting punished or it's just no mm-hmm. way. And, and it, you know, it, there, there wasn't 10 bazillion people then, but it doesn't matter because um, it's not like I want, um, it's not like I'm Bill Gates trying to, I don't know, to vaccinate people or something. So there's, I'm trying to control the population or whatever Alex Jones says he's doing. <laughs> yeah, well, there's something to that. There's something really weird about Bill Gates and the fact that his dad was a known eugenicist and Mm. that Bill Gates himself has said multiple times that there's a real problem with the population, which is where I'd actually have to disagree with him and you, actually, with with, with the population thing. The, The amount of acreage that it would take to sustain a human life, um, the United States could almost take care of the whole world that way. Um, we don't have too many people. What we have is misallocated people that are in this weird system that, um, you know, puts them in slums or cities or, you know, big groups. Basically, it's trying to fit people into this fucked up thing that we have going on right now. So I guess by that measure, there are too many people to sustain what we're doing here now. But there is a there is a better world where we could like, you know, sustain all those kind of people, but that's not, I know that's not really your point. Your point is that basically when it comes to the cops, um, the problem is that they're a military and 
what they say goes, and it doesn't really matter if you have a good point or if you were being charged like a dog and then switchbladed someone to death. To a cop, it doesn't fucking matter. You're right. in cuffs and and you don't have anything to say about it. Right. Yeah. The well, I like mis misallocated. That's good. That's a good way to see. Because my thing is that's a really good. I'd say that's probably the truth. Because what I'm saying is not applicable to the world. What I'm saying is I'm a misanthrope. I hate people right. for the most part, and right. I prefer them to be away from me for the uh-huh. most part. Except for <laughs> so a few to people. you, it's like he's like, how many people are too many people? You're like. Two? Yeah. Three? <laughs> for, for the most part. A small, you know, I, I know people that I like. What I'm saying, though, overall, you know, my, you know, just, I'm a city, you know, people from the city don't, don't like people. You know? <laughs> they just, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, you know, you're just trying to stick to yourself. So what I'm saying is, that's my feeling, my, as a arty type, I have no Bill Gatesian uh, thing to put forth to do about the situation, you know, which is insane. And so what? What is? He's like a Bond villain, right? But so what I'm saying mm-hmm. is, um, there's no way. There's also no way to put my feeling into real world application without being uh, like some kind of uh, Stalin. Or <laughs> so yeah. The, what I'm saying is, it's not. It's not a philosophy or a politic of mine. It's just a feeling. And hmm. uh, that I express in the work. So what I'm saying, though, is that, um, yeah, you know, uh, I'm getting too angry to remember what I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes the rage. Well, we can we can direct that in in creative ways. So we were basically talking about at the beginning of all this. We were talking about the direction that the art world. I say the art world. That that sounds a little silly. Um, we'll just say books, mm-hmm. because again. 2010, 2011, you know, I'm writing books. Uh, Everybody I know who's a really good writer is writing books. We're doing some really weird shit. Uh, You did some really weird shit that I really enjoyed. Um, All these books are coming out. It's great. It's this kind of golden age, but they're sort of un-PC books, but not intentionally. They're not trying to push any buttons. They're not doing something like Mike Ma or, you know, uh, delicious tacos or zero right. HP Lovecraft or those guys, right? Um, the zeitgeist. Those guys are in the zeitgeist. They're yeah. in the zeitgeist right now. Exactly. What we were doing was much more having fun and following things that interested us. And a lot of those times, those things were like hypersexualized, hyperviolent, non PC. Again, not in an aggressive, in your face, uh, trigger the libs type way, but just kind of as it was. And then we were talking about this shift that happened. And now it's crazy to me because I'm seeing people who, you know, wrote books called, you know, things like, you know, the the, the, the dick with teeth or something. I made that up. It's, it, it probably wouldn't pass the, the pitch test. But, but people who are writing that who are now taking profile pictures with face masks on and the face masks say Biden, Harris, and... Uh, it makes Jesus me wonder Christ. what I just want to go back, man. Square. I, I want to. I want to return. You know, return <laughs> with a V. Like I just want to return to when <laughs> things were fun. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, that's why I'm so obsessed with the '90s. You know, I, I I beat it to death. But holy shit, 
you know, it was just irreverence and absurdity and uh, non sequiturs and meta irony and all this mm-hmm. wonderful stuff. You know, Joe Wenderoth. I mean, come on now. There's some great stuff going on. And what I'm saying is, uh, well, uh, yeah, it's all uh, been. Uh, okay, I saw this movie called Dirty Pictures. Very relevant to today. Uh, James Woods is in it. And. Um, very relevant to today. Great ending. The ending, not to spoil it, but what I'm saying is a great monologue. And this movie came out in 2000, okay? In 2000, the right were the censors, right? Yeah. And it, it's about the Mablethorpe, Mablethorpe pictures uh, being censored out of a museum. And so, uh, so, and James Woods is, Woods is playing the liberal who um, is fighting to keep them in his museum. And He's brilliant in the movie, and what I'm saying is, the movie is very well written. In the end, and this ties into what we're talking about, in the end, the right-wing evangelical censor gets the last word, and his last word is, his last word is fucking lethal, and it's very relevant. And what it says is, um, and, and, you know, generally what it says is, so they lost the trial, the right lost the trial, and they showed the pictures, right? Then the right-wing mm-hmm. guy comes on and says, it doesn't matter that we lost the trial. The fact that there was a trial, have you seen any Maplethorpes lately? The fact that there was a trial was enough to make mm-hmm. people scared to do this. And, mm-hmm. and okay, and okay, cut to, now let me be indulgent here. Cut to 10 years later. Now I know I don't matter. Well, what I'm saying is, I'm not comparing myself to fucking Maplethorpe. What I'm saying though is, Ten years later, in 2010, on HTML Giant, Roxanne Gay and some feminists weigh in on a poem of not just mine, but but mine's in there, saying it's okay that I write about the stuff I write about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're they're cool, right? And they're actually like a little flattering. Thank you, but the point isn't the point isn't that they were cool with it. The point is, why was that a discussion in the right. first place? Right. You see what I'm saying? So. Oh yeah. So, it's a poem, right? So why is that a discussion about if it's okay? That's why they run things now. You see what I'm saying? I do. I do see what you're saying. I think that. See, this is why you and I get along so well because, again, we're sort of people with no home, and we're not necessarily shilling for any political ideology. Our only ideology is anti-censorship just very much against Mm. people telling us what we can and can't do when it comes to art and even thought like just being able to think things is very important to me and so that yeah that was sort of the beginning of it when people were pushing boundaries and you expect that people are going to push back against those and those are going to be the censors and they're going to be the dorks and the nerds and everybody's going to laugh at them and say why do you even care this is a poem but then it became kind of serious there became people and you know you know the shift that they made dude you know what actually happened to bring this out of the sort of realm that we're talking about is they made this brilliant shift where they began to say that uh, that words are violence. Yes. That words are actual violence against people. They that's when the whole discussion. Body. 
the body, right? The body, this and that about the body. And then the body became words. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So basically once words became violence, the discussion shifted because people were no longer saying this is something that I disagree with, or even this is something that I find repellent or disgusting or abhorrent, whatever. It became, this is actually hurting people. Like what you are doing is actually hurting people. And number one, I couldn't disagree with that more. I frankly just do not think that that is true. And secondly, you got to give it to the left. They came up with a lot of ironclad, bulletproof rhetorical devices that you couldn't oh, it's argue with. It's, it's, it's tactically Machiavellian brilliance uh, that the right used to be good at, mm-hmm. that the right used to do, and they learned the lesson from them, I think. And now, and that's what was going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I can't because, do it. I, I'm, I don't have the IQ to do that. I, I gotta, you gotta give them props. I don't have the IQ to do that. I'm a very angry person. I, I just do my po- little, po- you know, say that nobody reads or buys, and then I don't have a salesman or politician's ability to do what they've done to the culture. Right? It's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think though that. They've done it to our culture, and I think that our culture is a cousin of Hollywood culture, and a lot of writers' major goal in life is to move from being a writer on a small press to a writer on a big press, and then a writer on a big press who has a movie deal. And there really is a thought process and an ideology that you have to get in bed with if you want to be a part of that system. And it's based almost entirely on who has the money. People think that this is a crazy conspiracy theory and that guys like you and I are insane or bitter or whatever. Bro, I don't give a fuck. I'm good. I'll be fine. Um, But that's not going to change the fact that I can clearly see that certain organizations like the big five publishing houses, like a lot of places in Hollywood that are concerned with selling to a very particular demographic are going to put the memos out that certain things are okay and certain things aren't okay. So now we don't really have any interesting art. I, I downloaded Possessor. I'm hoping that's good. The oh, Brandon Cronenberg movie. You saw it? Is it good? I, well, you know, I, I saw it at a drive-in and it was one of the worst experiences as a moviegoer. I, there was no way that <laughs> everything dark was not visible. Okay. Any, any dark scene was not visible, uh, but it seemed really good. It seemed really good. From what seemed I good, see. right? <laughs> and, you know, we every once in a while we have a Gaspar Noé movie and that's good. Um, But what this really did was show the world how how hurting Hollywood was for money. You know, they started doing this thing where they started making remakes and sequels. All woke shit is, is a continuation of the remakes and sequels thing. It's Ah, finding out what the safest, easiest thing to do to turn a buck is, and doing that over and over and over again. 
And yeah. so it started with the remakes and the sequels, and then they started realizing that right-wing people will still go see, you know, Black Panther, no matter what the reason is, because they like these types of movies. But then pandering to people who would otherwise not go watch superhero movies and say, hey, look, if you go watch this movie, you're doing something important. This is something that's changing society. And that trickled all the way down to books. And now we're in this place with books where, you know, I see, I see people who I came up with, who I still have love for in my heart, but who are clearly just parroting the dominant narrative. And it's very upsetting to see. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, you know, that's that's very true. It's a marketing ploy, and because you're a misogynist, if you don't go right to the, <laughs> and it'll mm-hmm. piss off the the fascists who, um, and and so go go buy a ticket in order to piss off the fascists, right? Uh-huh. And 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 if you don't buy the ticket, you are one, you know. Yeah. And that's a great recruitment tool. That's a brilliant maneuver. And mm-hmm. uh, bravo, bravo, you know, and <laughs> and. Um, you know, but um, well, you know, I feel like I've earned my sour grapes, and uh, mm. I can't think of a life that. Um, but although I can't think of a life that I uh, am uh, jealous of not having, it all seems like shit to me. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're mm-hmm. uh, well. You, you, you know, it's go Patrice ahead. O'Neill. Patrice O'Neill said, "You know, it's never it's never the woman's fault." You know. It's the man's fault, and I'd say you know we're a we're a generation uh, of Hamlets with no final duel. You know we're we're just a mm. bunch of predacious loans poured down the ear of everything. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a, there's no fam- there's no family there's no family future, but there's no tread re- retread of that that's going to fix that either. And and there's and, and we're not even strategically crazy about that. And uh, our Claudius. Uh, strikes at us from the obfuscation of the internet and we try to root him out with nasty comments though but he's not real you know and he's he's duped us into academic politics and uh, from birth the network that was uh, supposed to carry me out of this fate seemed like ambient mob rule dictated by conceits i was not privy to anyway so it doesn't um <laughs> there's no um i mean our wildest Mainstream literature is like uh, Oblomov as a hot girl, you know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it um, this is that. Uh, although, what's his name's going to direct that book of that? Um, the guy who did uh, the guy I like a lot who did the favorite, uh, Yorg- big Greek name. Uh, Yorgos. Yorgos. Uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's right, a right. it's a it's a difficult Greek name. Yeah, yeah um, he's, he's going to do that. the The movie will probably be really good, uh, but the book is is quite a sneeze. But that's uh, no, okay. But uh, you know, but what I'm saying is that's our most uh, far out thing. You know, and uh, mm. it uh, um, is. You know. So you, but you've actually recently had some issues with this type of weird censorship and cancel culture with your publisher that you were telling me about. So you want to you want to get into the weeds with this one? I've had an anthology that was I was talking I talked a little bit about this before. What I was saying is uh, there was an anthology uh, James Newlick was doing it. There's some weird woke reason they canceled that, and then um, 
that got me uh, got my heckles up because it'd been a few months since I've <laughs> it'd been a mm. couple months since I've been fucked with by woke people directly. I mean, besides mm. everywhere I look. Okay, I gotta calm down here because I don't have a lot of uh, physical because I'm physically dying because of this <laughs> because of the times where. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, hey, be be safe, man. But this is also a safe space, so yeah. <laughs> you you you're allowed to be mad. I'm I'm triggered. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Well, I'm a millennial, so the only good thing about millennials is that we can shoot a room up. <laughs> that's mm. that's our one <laughs> one saintly quality that we got. And and uh, but what I'm saying, yeah, what uh, is uh, yeah, you know. Oh, and you know, my I you know I I catch wind that my. You know, I, I have uh, some plays coming out and that the press, I'm going to talk to them because they seem like good people, but, you know, that they drop some blur because uh, the person wasn't um, acceptably woke or, you know, he, he uh, <laughs> it's just like his girlfriend was angry at him, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and one of these emails, well, here's my point one of these emails and your book is done if you get any um and i have nothing to lose because you know i like that press but you know it's uh, if, if i get say say i get some kind of um i don't know <clears throat> press that will get me in libraries per se not even a <laughs> same per se because vernon chapman's a great tv writer and he is that south park anyway so what i'm saying is the <laughs> the emo guy or the vampire guy so what i'm saying is though there's the um this fucking, uh, you, you know, I think I'm going to talk to them. I, I think it was a, a specific incident that they had a business reason to do that and that they, you know, it, it might not affect me. So what, whatever, you know, but uh, what I'm saying is um, uh, they seem on the level. I mean, they're they're far left, but they seem on the level <laughs> aside from that. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm saying is um, that and the new look got me a little uh, talky lately about uh, my psychosis and so what I'm saying is mm-hmm. um, uh, there's those issues and then uh, you know I, I, I should uh, <laughs> I, I want a, a license that allows me to uh, yell fire in a, in a crowded theater mm-hmm. uh, and that it's okay if I do it <laughs> That's, right. No, but you know, because that Italian Hall disaster, which is like a plant f- from the striking union, right? And this is the early 1900s. They put a plant in there to yell fire to kill a bunch of the striking workers. So it's a very sick, like fucked up reason to exercise free speech where you're going to yell fire, and then everyone's going to trample themselves to death, including women and children. <laughs> it's like the sickest use of free speech. And mm-hmm. still, let people shout fire, and just don't run and trample people, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. If you don't see a fire, right? Mm-hmm. And but that did happen, and uh, it's terrible. And also, the guy should probably they should probably get together and kill that guy, right? But um, what I'm saying is, uh, uh, yeah, Italian Hall disaster. You know what I'm saying is, I don't care. So that's how anti-censorship. I go. So I'm a bit extreme about that. Yeah. Well, no, but I think that it's important to be extreme about these kind of things because when you introduce anything in the way of legislation or 
rules about a certain thing, it is necessarily going to snowball into its worst possible effect. So either you're on the side of, you know, saying fire in a crowded theater is okay and will lead to people dying, but we're going to go with that because we appreciate the principle. Or the other side of that, unfortunately, is state-mandated censorship. And that has no end. It's so become corrupt. Anything state-mandated is going to become corrupt maybe two, two minutes into being you know <laughs> being put into practice right yeah exactly two minutes put into yeah exactly and so basically on the one side you have a world where if you speak incorrect thoughts or write incorrect things it gets censored by not even the government but by people who want to be in the government's good graces or want to be in the zeitgeist's good graces or the the ideology's good graces and you end up with this world where everybody's sort of in a panopticon, all looking at each other, all waiting to take down anybody who steps out of line. That's one end of it. And then the other end is, in my opinion, freedom, where you do have people who abuse that freedom, but unfortunately you can't legislate it because it will lead to a, a terrifying dystopian hellhole if you yeah. do. People are not yeah. perfect. People are going to do fucked up shit. And you take each case as it comes. This is how I felt about guns, honestly. Every time there was a school shooting, you want to be like, you know, that's awful. Uh, those kids should not have died. There should have been something in, in, in place with their, you know, with their mental health, with the counselors, with something to keep them from doing that. But that does not mean that everybody gives up their guns. We saw what happened with that with Australia. Australia had a mass shooting, took up everybody's guns. Now they don't have mass shootings anymore. But now they they have one of the strictest COVID lockdowns in the world. And nobody can resist. Nobody can do anything about it. The government can do yeah. whatever they want. And nobody has guns to say anything about it. So as imperfect as the world's redheaded stepchild, who strangely everybody also still wants to be... America is in a very unique position where we refuse to react to incidents of massacre, violence, because we stick to certain principles. And I didn't get this, even a few years ago, I would have had a hard time getting this. I would have said, you know, we need to regulate uh, people, uh, people's gun use. Now I'm so far to the right on that issue, I'm almost falling off a cliff where I think you should be able to buy a gun at 7-Eleven if you want to. Um, because that's, 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 that's freedom. That's, you know, the other way is a really scary thing. What you want to leave the military and the cops as being the only people who have weapons, that's insane and absurd right now. So our Wild West, strange, absurd you know, beer chugging, MAGA hat wearing, toothless hillbilly country is in its own way kind of beautiful because we refuse to give those things up. Yeah. Uh, that's what we got. You know, I'm not even a fan of the country, but what I'm saying, and I can't think of a country I prefer more because I, you know, but what I'm saying is uh, 
what America has is that we're uh, we're cool. We have a cool, you know. It's like as a, <laughs> yeah. that's that's the thing. If we're gonna have a thing, it's that we we have this cool thing, and that's part of it. What, what you said is a big part of it, and it makes me think of this great film I just saw, uh, and it is called. Okay, uh, shit. What is it called? It just came out. Uh, okay, it's these. God damn it! I'm sorry. I lost. No, the it's fine, man. Here. I, uh, it's all it's right. Some, it's an occurrence at Sparrow. Uh, oh, standoff at Sparrow Creek. That's it. That's it. Standoff. I love that movie. That movie was fantastic. Amazing movie. Amazing movie. Shocking that it was allowed to come out. <laughs> um, just because it's not this far left thing. Well, they well they did a takedown on that. The the company that made that also did. I think dragged across across concrete, which was a, a movie right. by yeah, the, the guy yeah, who Zoller. did Bone. Yeah, Zoller. Yeah, yeah. But it had Mel Gibson, and so that company that financed it is a right wing film company, oh, I didn't and know they that. were recently okay, so, sort of taken down. Yeah. So they're kind of flipping the bird. You know, I I appreciate that they're flipping the bird. You know, they can be right wing. You know, in a few years maybe they'll become uh, cliche and terrible at doing that but they seem to be kicking ass right now I, I like dragged across concrete as well and um, um, the although it, it was a little soft at the end but it was uh, a great build I mean the, the the what do you call like German nihilist guys were amazing <laughs> that's, yeah that's, yeah and it, but it's also good. but it's also this insane thing that when you watch it the ending <clears throat> spoiler alert the whole thing is basically a false flag you know, the, the right. cops have literally created a false flag in order to crack down on militia groups in the U.S. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, my God, the it's, absolute nuts on these people to come out with a movie like this. Yeah. That's so well made, so well acted, so well beautiful, written. Beautifully written, beautifully acted. Yeah, yeah, shot. And, right. and in the end, it's this big fuck you to the government. And also, it, it, it's it's basically, you know... It has a very Alex Jones type ending. Yeah, yeah, know? it does. Yeah, it's so good. And and part of it is is, I feel like part of it is they're saying us kind of right wing types we we turn on each other too much and we're we have this in you know kind of they're all just they all just turn on each other and, and so it's like it, it's trying to say all these factions uh, within our reins shouldn't uh, be so vicious with with our own thing you know and. Um, with our own, I think that's what they're. I don't know because I, it's all about my anything political is about my head. But I think what they're saying is uh, these petty in group, and the left has this too. Right? It's just this in group politicking where mm-hmm. branching off into these separate things that all hate each other. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's sort of saying that to some extent. Although it's also uh, which appeals more to me. It's like bottom line. It's like about the individual. You know. Yeah. So who I follow on Twitter, I basically follow far left commies um, <laughs> or I follow uh, literal neo-Nazis. That's <laughs> right. kind of how my that's how my Twitter is split up. And sometimes I get a bit nervous about that. If people were to go and look at, you know, people who I follow, uh, it's that kind of, again, panopticon Soviet Russia thing of, you know, six degrees of separation it's like well this person just tweeted that hitler was great like why why are you following that person and right. but I, I i follow those two sides of things and it is a bit of schizophrenic reading but i'm able to 
I've been trying to explain this to people in a way that makes sense. I, I don't think people are very receptive to this idea right now. Um, but the reason why I do it, um, because I'm very kind of cagey about most of my political beliefs, except for coronavirus, which I don't know. I got to bug up my ass about that thing. But um, yeah, it's overplayed. Exactly. Um, but otherwise, I'm I'm a little cagey about it, and. The reason why is because, you know, when I have these two extremes, I'm able to find things on both sides that the other side misses. And so I can kind of synthesize it into a quote-unquote vision of reality that I think is more informed and interesting than the people who are just spouting off talking points, you know? And also, you know, there's something really interesting about people who are that extreme on either side. I mean, it's it's compelling. Yeah, and I think we're all, as I said before, you know, we're, I'm I appreciate when someone's open about what their little agenda is, even if it's shitty. If they're amusing about it and they're open about what it is, and they're not trying to John Stewart one and, and be sneaky and say, "Oh no, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm just burn it all down. I'm a I'm a court jester. I'm, I'm I don't have a side. I'm a, I'm right. like an artist. I, I'm just uh, I agree with the artists. Just attack everyone, and then he's this far left." you know, sneaky, you know, and he, right. And so, and so, um, he's just like, t- took a shit, right. And got rich and then fucked off, which is so many artists do that too. Y- you know, you see it in their work when they're hungry and good and they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm nonpartisan. I'm fucking an artist. And then they get some kind of success and then they just dip out as a partisan rich person. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and, yeah. and look, man, it's like, at the end of the day, you know, I follow some unsavory characters and I would definitely have them on my show. I've told you that I want to have more right-wing people on my show um, yeah. because I'm interested in what they have to say. Because I feel like my logic is pretty unimpeachable. At the end of the day, if you're not willing to talk to people and understand them and maybe come to some kind of understanding with them, the only other option is to kill them. <laughs> right. When you follow when you follow popular leftist ideology, it always ends up and they they cloaked it in this kind of cute, you know, punch Nazis meme, which right. is hilarious considering the genetic makeup of the left. You're not going to punch anybody. You are physically incapable of punching they, people. Yeah, um, sucker punch as well. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um <laughs> So it was encapsulated in this punch Nazis meme, but what they really mean deep down is kill them. Like, end, end their lives. Shut yeah. them up. Get murder some, them. Uh, get some gulags. What? Why not? Why not? Get yeah. some gulags, throw them in it. And I'm sorry, man, but I'm against that. I'm not saying sorry to you because I know you agree with me, but I'm <laughs> saying sorry to the audience. I don't, I don't want to see our discourse lead to anything like a civil war. And I think that the only way to do that is to is to engage. You but have either, to engage. Either way, the, the artist is going to the gulag and the camp. Well, either way, whoever wins, we're going sure. to be shipped. We're all going to, to jail. As, t- as Tim Dillon says, no matter who wins the election, we're all going to jail. <laughs> he's so great. Yeah, like, yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's... Um, well, that's what this is with this... Uh, 
it's every good idea degrades once you put it into practice over time, right? And it's, uh, that's why style is so important. And that's why um, I'm such an art guy is why, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's the how and not the, you know, the what or the why. And that's the whole, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, we can break that down all the way to uh, mm-hmm. circumlocution through uh, arriving at your idea, all your ideas laid out. So, so I'm talking about like um, Edgar Allan Poe, sort mm-hmm. of inventing modernism, not by himself, but the first thing of modernism, this is just, I'm just throwing this at the wall, is maybe like uh, his philosophy of composition saying, you organize the whole story idea by idea by idea, and then condense them into language from that where you know everything. And it, it and he, cause he was revolting against trans, Transcendentalism, mm-hmm. that said, like they had this very um, lyrical, uh, subjective thing, right? And so he's saying the opposite. He's saying this cold, almost mechanical thing, where you can make it this reverse-engineered, and that's the beginning of what became like this very highly experimental modernism that got bastardized into theory and all this bullshit. I mean, that's a loose connection, but what I'm saying is there's some thread there, and. Um, uh, years, you know, hundred years later, we have, as we've discussed before, the camps where, on one side, experimental is this clinical, you know, uh, fugue, uh, you know, and on on the other side, you have like this like like half literate simpleton stuff, that's mm. like telling a tale, or just telling about the day, someone's day or something, and then, the you know, and the two are fighting with each other. And then one one is overly sincere and one is overly just a, 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 a like a powder puff of nonsense. Mm-hmm. And um, keep going. That's interesting. And I mean, it's it's cropped up again recently. I feel like um, I was looking around, you know, as I sometimes do against my better judgment, and um, it seemed like people were arguing this old, old, old argument about writing. You're not allowed to write with any circum locution you're not you know you're supposed to just be plain as possible or and or fighting with that it should be like this cold experiment of of extremely syllable heavy uh just long words that don't mean anything because i'm john cage you know and Mm -hmm. uh uh, both i don't prefer either extreme same with you know similar to politics they become politics when you push it when you make it a dogma and so, and you know, but but art is open more, a little more open to playing with manifestos and dogmas. It's more fun, right? But mm-hmm. uh, but what I'm saying is, uh, these camps uh, I see are making this old argument about if you're allowed to be languagey or not. And um, I th- did we forget about the the woke is the problem? <laughs> because I'll go back, I'll go back to uh, my problem being like Bukowski guys telling me I'm a faggot for writing like uh, complex sentences. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. You know, mm-hmm. I miss those guys to some extent. One of them did that to me not long ago, and I was like, I miss this troll. Like, he's just like an asshole. I miss this, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, like, this is so much better than woke. I mean, the guy wasn't woke. I'll tell you that, you know, and thank God, you know, and that's all I cared about. And I didn't even want to fire back. I was just like, "It's you got it, sure. And, <laughs> you know, because you're not mm-hmm. saying woke shit to me, I'm not angry, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And uh, can we go back to this where it used to be the argument was usually it was people who write very simplistically insulting languagey people. They usually start it. Now I see this is a pattern. Now languagey people, now in a bad way I'm saying languagey people who are theory-headed academic types who ruin the idea of uh, tantalizing language, who spit mm-hmm. in the face of it, who mock what I am trying to do, for instance, and part of the reason why no one cares about what I'm trying to do, and also my own lack. But what I'm saying is, um, you know, this old argument that's been around since the before the Greeks were writing, okay? This mm-hmm. is, I, I made a thing where I listed out all the different names you've called, they can call this argument about writing plain or writing complex, right? There's a million names, a million different people have fought it out. You know, I, you could list them endlessly. And every time someone brings it up as if it, it hasn't been discussed before, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so what I'm saying is, uh, <clears throat> so I keep saying it. What I'm um, saying is, uh, <laughs> well, well the, uh, the point being that I'm Rick Moranis, uh, <laughs> right, right. You're Rick Moranis, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <But> so, <laughs> no, you, no, you said some interesting stuff there, dude. And I'm curious as to, you know, you mentioned uh, what you're doing and why nobody cares. So my question would be, what are you doing and why does nobody care? Well, when you w- get between these tribes, you know, a tribe is attractive, right? And it's... Um, sure. It's... Here's another problem with everything is it's sellable. And the way politics have become sellable... <laughs> this syllable syllables that we've had is that we've had less get mad uh, dog get mad dog get mad <laughs> it's fine it's becoming, okay to uh, get mad <laughs> it's it's become uh, as syllable as journalism and politics have all become and so it's a good marketing thing if you like Bukowski figured this out and Bukowski has some great stuff when so I prefer the when he was younger more lyrical stuff but um what I'm saying is he's a good example of him and um, shit, I'm forgetting the other guy's name. William uh, P. Oh. No, the um, he's lesser known, uh, but he's um, I have the book up here. Anyway, his point is like I write from Volman? my balls and I write from experience and I Oh, that's Volman. That's gotta be Volman. Oh no, I like Volman. Volman does the Volman's a little more complex. I mean, he's a little languagey compared to some of these guys, uh, but but he does also have experience, and, and he's you know been through some intense shit with his uh, sniper experience, right? And his friend was killed in, in front of him. But the um, Vol- yeah, I like Volman a lot. Volman's a good example of someone who pulled off both. Uh, you know, and he came up in a time when you I don't know he's a very interesting guy, but the guy I'm I. Uh, the guy, um, I, you know, I had the book over here, but I, it's not where I thought it was, but, um, he's part of the, uh, someone's probably screaming it at this, right, but he's part of the, um, New York, uh, quarterly crowd, right? He, he's, it's like, uh, it's just very simple, and there's some really good stuff done that way. That's my problem, is I like both styles if they're done well, right? So, but... Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm saying, both tribes, but what I'm saying is it's definitely a tribe where he's saying, I write for my balls, don't be a pussy, write all this abstract bullshit, I write about my day and, and the weird shit that's happened to me, and I'm, you know, and you're you're a, a flighty girl if you, or, you know, not, mm-hmm. like that, but you're not necessarily that bad, but what I'm saying is they're like, you know, you're a, you're a professor of 
of your own sphincter if you're um, writing about anything that isn't your your life lived hard, right? The Hemingway, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And, and John okay. Neal, John Neal was saying that back when Poe was around, right? And so, um, what I'm saying is, uh, uh, those guys never liked me, and the flower, you know, my words are a bubble of gas and a flower of John Cage, Jackson McClough, uh, Piffle, Language School, uh, you know, abstraction, 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 Gertrude Stein, looping, you know, um, those guys don't like me either, right? So, right, right. So I mean. you're basically saying that, like, on one side, people are saying that you're not ideologically pure enough that you don't kind of use your language to advance certain causes, and then on the other side, people say that you use intense language, therefore you are gay. Right, and um, you know, part of the, I've been doing this for 20 years, so it's mostly my fault. Is what I'm saying is that it's just lack of skill. But uh, I'm sitting on a bunch of stuff that I'm going to put out, and then I'm just going to, you know, focus on, you know, I'll still write. I mean, it's a disease, right? But uh, I'm going to, I don't like, uh, I'll maybe, you know, I'm just going to work on some stuff on my own, and then I'm going to maybe try to make movies, which is a more social thing. Uh, you know, I don't like mm-hmm. talking, to, I don't like having to answer for this arty writing when people have a big problem with it, you know, I just, you know, mm-hmm. it's not often because no one reads it, but what I'm saying is when they do, it's also like kicking, it's like, Jesus Christ, man. It's not like you're like, why kick a, someone in the gutter? I don't know. But, um, mm-hmm. but also, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh so, so this, this whole Keep going. Debate, Keep going. Everything's a, you, this, you got this, this dog. You got this. Weird this. enforced debate. I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> it's mm-hmm, this weird mm-hmm. enforced. You can <laughs> cry again. This is a safe space. <laughs> Boo hoo! <laughs> but mm-hmm. the, uh, the, uh, yeah, you don't have to be ironic about it, man. It's fine. If oh, if, the, if, the, the if this is some fl- shit that really <laughs> bothers you, man, I respect it. If um, I, if I believed in psychology, I would cry. <laughs> but, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's this great line I saw. Now, who did this? Now, I got to quote the person right. Uh, Hostage Killer is one of the zeitgeist's really great tweeters, right? The, okay. The tweeters of lines, great lines, you know. And, and he said, uh, or maybe she, no, he, uh, Hostage Killer, yeah, on, on there. He, he said, therapy sounds like something a girl does to another girl. <laughs> And t- mm-hmm. what a great line what a great line very true very true but um right. but uh, so i i uh if i could weep i i would though but mm-hmm. you know, but um uh you know and i'm thinking also the jdo the- show is pro weeping dude i'm, I'm pro weeping i'm pro <laughs> man I get, I get i get frustrated dude i get frustrated almost every day my tears been, are of a constant quality i've been doing it into it Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've been getting to a point where I get so fucking frustrated with the internet and Twitter and stuff. I I have to turn it off because I just, I get so goddamn mad about everything because nobody's really talking. That's what drives me crazy about the whole thing. And I would extend that out to books and say that nobody's really writing right now. Uh, well, you know, nobody is a, that's hyperbole. 
I speak in hyperbole a lot. And there are people who come out of the woodwork as soon as I speak in hyperbole to be like, well, actually, uh, there's a few people who are doing... Those people suck. I hate those people. Because that's not what I mean. That's not literal, right? you got to speak to autistic people. It's not literal. Yeah, Yeah, no, exactly. I have to speak to the autistic people. I don't mean literally that nobody's doing this. I mean, for all intents and purposes, nobody's doing this. Nobody's really writing. You know, you look at somebody like Welbeck, who's one of my heroes, and I want to see more of that. I want to see more people writing this very kind of pure, (sighs) ugly, interesting writing. Blake Butler's new book was great, man. Alice Knott was fantastic. I want more of that shit. I don't want more of you know your fucking YA novel so many people who I love and respect are doing YA novels right now really and it's it's killing my fucking soul uh, and I well, get it I get it I get it I get it's none of my business do what you gotta do make the money uh, sell a bunch of copies whatever but so many talented people are doing this bullshit it's upsetting yeah, you know, I think this is all uh, some sort of inherited post-traumatic stress disorder from everybody's grandparents having gone to World War II. And I'm getting a little lynch here, but, you know, something about World War II and the atom bomb, and it's, I'm not being, I'm not saying it's, it's just, oh, it's so bad that we had these big weapons and stuff, this mass murder. I'm not even saying that. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a Celine fan enough not even to say that. But what I'm saying, though, is that uh, I think it just changed the makeup of the world when you invent slaughter of that grand of a capacity. You know, and so mm-hmm. it's, uh, and so I think it's some inherited schizophrenic post-traumatic um, twitch that's gone through the generations and it's turned one generation into fucking in the street and uh, hippy dippy uh, uh, everything is a, a smeared flower psychedelic uh, which had its upsides that had its upsides because cinema hadn't been vulgarized enough at that point and the boomers did that and that's their great accomplishment that cinema became dirty and I appreciate mm-hmm. that uh, but uh <laughs> Then millennials, uh, no, no, no. So then Gen X, and they're the greatest. They're my favorite because they are. We're in full revolt against, and we can say carrying down this post-traumatic thing, but becoming numb and nihilistic and indifferent and uh, Brett Easton Ellis, right? And so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but then we get to the worst. Uh, skip to gen. It's what they say, like disease skips a generation, right? mm-hmm. and then so worse than the boomers worse than you know them at their worst uh, the millennials uh, of which I am a member yes I'm an older one but I am one technically I pray that I you know I want I feel like I've talked to enough Gen X people that I I have an honorary (laughs) you know I mean like you're a cusp dude you're you're a cusp Gen X millennial I want to be I want to be you know like I want to be expatriated into their generation mm-hmm. and this is all generational stuff is silly but it's it's just a way to categorize you know and so what I'm saying though is that this in this theory is that this disease of 
weird mental uh, floppiness has come down into the millennials, and there's no upside at all. Uh, and there's no, at least millennials, well, we did one thing, all right? We did mm -hmm. one thing, and we, you know, we revolutionized mass shooting. Uh, you're welcome, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, like, you know, mm -hmm. that's our great accomplishment. Now, that's, uh, I don't know if you, that's <laughs> pretty dark, but it's, uh, mm -hmm. you know. Not only do we revolutionize, so here's here's how it becomes millennial, right? Because we didn't just revolutionize mass shootings, we revolutionized mass shootings and then created the technology to bring a victim from a mass shooting the the parkland shooting i saw this we we brought that oh. dude back using ai to do an anti-gun pro-biden psa jesus christ and the which is looking at it i mean can you imagine by far the most dark can you imagine sinister thing that i've ever seen in my life and that was horrifying dick I mean, it's uh, you know it, um, and he kind of sounds like Aaron Paul in the video from Breaking yeah, Bad. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. think that he's gonna do like an Eminem thing. You think he's about to start rapping because yeah. he's speaking so so aggressively and very in absurd. that very absurd in that in the, in that silly um, you know slam poetry type way. He's kind of he's kind of talking to you. And may he rest in peace. No shade against that guy. He's dead. He didn't have any say in this shit. But what? to the people who made that monstrosity. Uh, Cable, I hope you get hit by a bus. It's, it's kind of weird. I mean, I guess they had approval from the parents or whatever, but... Uh, you know, well, they're grieving, man. Like, the parents are grieving. The parents... When you take people who are that shell-shocked, right? Because that, yeah. that shell-shock doesn't go away, you know? Like, those poor people are going to be dealing... Like, they're going to be wandering around in a fugue state, like, in a war movie when a bomb goes off and there's just ringing in your ears and you're sort of like a zombie walking around. Yeah. Those fucking poor people yeah. who have nothing but my sympathy are going to be in that for probably the rest of their lives because you don't you don't come back from that but the people who manipulated them and convinced them that this was a good idea and convinced them to give it their blessing uh should be shot in the neck it's 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 almost like uh remember when they had uh oh uh was it was it Fred Astaire dancing with that vacuum in, in the, um, nine, in the not, late... Not, not familiar. It, well, when I was young, uh, there was a commercial where Fred Astaire is cut out of a movie and he's dancing with a vacuum cleaner to sell it. Right. And it, that's the first time that had been... I think they did it with Yul Brenner too, before that. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the first time. But that was the first time it looked... Like, it looked very well... It looked very real. Like, he was really mm -hmm, dancing mm -hmm. And with then the, the fucking... The, the Tupac hologram was, oh, right, like, right, the right, next yeah. step. That's the next progression. And then I had an idea. You know, I'm writing a thing, and it's, we could have it where, you know, the jackass of the future is they just aim their phone at some guy walking down the street's head, and it shows all his tragedy, and they just laugh at... It can make his like loved one, dead loved ones, appear before him and psychologically mm. destroy him, and it's like hilarious. Mm. It's like punked, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. that's probably been done before, actually. But that's but, a really um, good idea. I haven't seen it before. I think that's. I feel like that's appropriately dystopian. Yeah, there's there's a lot of room for that. I mean, I'm just going to make it like a one-off thing, but someone could play with that if it hasn't been done. You know, it's so many. You know, it's hard to tell. The more I read in my uh, in my retirement here the more i read the more i've realized that nothing is 
New Under the Sun, etc., but also that uh, style, that's why style is so important, uh, to do it a different mm-hmm. way. Right. And, uh, yeah. Well, I think that's the episode. I think we've gone, we've gone for an hour and 20, so that's pretty good. Um, thank you for your time. You're yes, welcome sir. back whenever you want to come back. Nice. I'm sure we'll have more stuff to talk about. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. But, uh... Yeah, any any parting words? Well, uh, I think we covered a lot of the hell. I'll have more... I always have more um, disturbances to uh, to discuss. Uh, mm-hmm. I think... Uh, I'm trying to think of any last... Uh, no, no, I think we, we did a good round here. We did a good round, yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you, good sir.